This is Grow the Show, the podcast to help you grow your podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Schmidlin, and today you're gonna hear firsthand how freaking important the first 60 seconds of your podcast episodes are to growth and monetization. And that's because today I've invited a Grow the Show Accelerator graduate onto the show who was able to achieve explosive podcast growth just by fixing his podcast intro. His name is Nate Palmer, and when he first came to us at Grow the Show, his podcast was stuck at about 10,000 downloads per month. And that was weird because he was doing tons of stuff to grow his show. He was showing up on other podcasts, he was posting on social media, he was even running paid ads to the podcast, and yet his show was stuck at 10K a month. Now, as soon as I heard one episode of his podcast, I knew exactly why he was stuck. His intro was terrible. It only took us about an hour to fix his intro, and within three months after that, his show had tripled to more than 30,000 downloads a month. And as you'll hear, his explosive podcast growth didn't stop there. Now, in this episode, we're actually gonna play for you the before and after of Nate's podcast intro so that you can hear the differences. Nate has been kind enough to join us today, break down his terrible intro and why it didn't work, and then play for you the new version of his intros that absolutely crush. You're gonna hear the difference firsthand and I promise you, you're gonna know what to improve about your own podcast episodes after hearing the difference. And by the way, Nate is also gonna break down the growth tactics he used after fixing his intro to grow his show by 700% and to add more than 60,000 downloads per month to his podcast audience in less than a year. All of that is coming at you right now here on Grow the Show. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick question. Are you pouring your heart into your podcast but not seeing the growth or engagement that you hoped for? Well, imagine if there was a way to not only grow your podcast audience, but also create better content more efficiently and unlock the secrets to transforming listeners into buyers, aka monetize. Well, there is a way. It's called the 12 Days of Podcast Growth. It's an email course that is completely free and packed with everything that I know about how to grow your audience in 2024, how to make captivating content in less time, and the strategies that I use to drive over 2.5 million in sales from my podcast to my business. This email course is your golden ticket to elevating your podcast game and in turn, getting more clients and customers. It's just 12 days and every day you'll receive a bite-sized email lesson straight to your inbox that'll give you the tools that you need to achieve remarkable growth. So if you're ready to learn how to take your podcast to the next level, just go to 12daysofpodcastgrowth.com or you could just click the link in the show notes, enter your email, and you will receive the 12 days of podcast growth from me. All right, that's it. Let's get back to the episode. My name is Nate Palmer and I'm a dude who loves exercise and nutrition and I just wanted to help people get better at that and get paid what I was worth. Amazing. So Nate, Low Carb Hustle just surpassed a million total downloads. It's a million, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. How does that feel? <laughs> a little bit surreal, to be honest with you. Like, it just feels like that's something that's, that's, that was been out of reach for so long. And, you know, like, even though my life didn't radically shift, I didn't get an inch taller or anything like that after hitting a million, I think the social proof of that and having the ability to be like, Hey, look at my numbers really elevated me and the podcast to being something where it's so easy now to pitch bigger guests and to get on other shows because obviously I have the social proof that I have a million listens on mine. And I think that that is more of the cool thing about like, you know, just honestly bragging about it yeah. than actually having it. 
It's so true. Like when you're able to say something like that, it just opens up so many doors, which then I imagine accelerates growth even further. Yeah. And it's, and it's just fun. It just feels like it puts you in a different echelon. Totally. So we're going to go back to when we first met, which was in October of 2022. Now, full disclosure, Nate went through the Grow the Show Accelerator program. And what I'd love for you is to tell the story of where your show was at. Remember, it was at about 12K a month and what you were experiencing as far as growth or non-growth at that time. So where were you at that point? So when we met in October and I started working with the Grow the Show Accelerator, we were hitting about 10,000, 12,000 downloads a month, which was great for me because even just up to like March of that year, I was only hitting about 2,000. So this is a 5X the show's listens. And I've been doing some paid advertising and I've been doing some like podcast pitching where I've been on other people's shows and trying to grow the show through that and through Instagram, et cetera. But I came to you because I couldn't really break that 12K mark. I had hit like 9, 10, 10, 12, 10, a few months in a row, and I couldn't really get much growth. And what was interesting is that when we started working together, you showed me how to pull up my metrics and see how long people were listening for the show. And what we noticed was insane. We we're getting like a 30% drop-off rate in the first three minutes of each show. And you were like, hey, you're probably getting growth. You're just not seeing it because people aren't sticking around long enough to listen to a full episode, much less come back and listen to another episode. So I think that the, like, the thing that we really worked on was how do we get people to understand what the show's about, stick around to actually get to the meat of it, and turn them into raving fans? What was your reaction when we pointed that out? Because, you know, I, like, had you ever even considered retention before looking at the graph? It was not even on my radar. I wasn't sure. Like, I feel like I just kind of showed up. I podcasted and I post on Instagram and I was like, that's it, right? That's how you do it? Yeah. So you just brought a depth of knowledge of like, okay, here's what we should be looking for. Here's what we should want to see. We don't want to see any drop-offs in the first five minutes. We want to make sure that people are getting through about 75% of the episode. So the education component was was huge for me and just gave me a little bit of a different focus, which I think changed a lot about how we conducted the show and how we structured it. All right, so I'm going to play the first like 60 to 90 seconds. So let's listen. And then when it's done, what I'd like for you to do is just talk me through what your intention was, or if you didn't have it, just like what was your mindset in putting that intro together with no judgment? Someone who just does it, whether it's perfect or not, but does it consistently will always, always, always win or get ahead of the person that's trying to do the perfect workout or the perfect diet here and there. Only half the time. Low carb hustle. You are listening to the Low Carb Hustle Podcast, where we help you burn fat and put some muscle behind that low carb hustle. Here's your host, Nate Palmer. What's good, my friend? Welcome back to the Low Carb Hustle Podcast. It's me, your boy, Nate Palmer. And then joined as always with the illustrious Juicy Cheeks, JC checking in. That's me. Kyle, someone asked me the other day, they're like, why is Kyle Juicy Cheeks? And I was like, have you seen that thing clap? Thang with an A? (laughs) First off, did you say, what a stupid question to ask? Why is he Juicy Cheeks? No, I actually, I think I tried to explain it. I, sh- I didn't say, did you see that thing clap? I thought about that afterwards. I was like, that's a better, qu- that's a better it answer. It would have been. But I think yeah. the answer to that is there is no need for an explanation, right? You got to get there, to that point in life where there's no need for an explanation, right? Well, when they see you walking around, they're like, yeah, I get it. There's no need for an explanation. But the podcast is a hard medium to really grasp. Okay, so we'll stop there. <laughs> so. Tell me about the question that I asked before. What was your thinking in putting together the intro like that, where it was the clip and then the voiceover announcement and then your intro and then some discussion? 
So I think that a lot of times I see that the big podcasts, they'll pull something scintillating from the conversation and throw it right in the front to create more intrigue. And I feel like you've done that pretty well with your show because I remember one time I was talking about like, what does a banana have to do with, I forget, I even forget what it was, but it was talking about how a lady showed up in a zoom banana costume. That's right. And it was a whole thing about that. And it was, it was really a, like, I was like, what are we talking about in this? But I, I, it got me to stick around. So I was trying to do the same thing, but I don't necessarily know if I was always choosing the right clips. Then I had the canned intro, which was like, Hey, I thought you needed a canned intro for, for the show. I had someone with a great voice. My buddy, Adam do that. It was, I thought it was awesome. And then I would just jump in and try to like be a bit entertaining and just kind of have some like back and forth banter beforehand. My thought was always like, oh, people are going to want to get to see me and what I think about and just kind of like being silly and stuff like that. So I would talk with my buddy, Kyle, who would be on the show fairly frequently with me. But you notice that I like when I look back on it, I don't introduce him. I don't say what relevance he has to the show. And so we're what, 90 seconds or a minute and a half into that. Yeah. And I don't know what this podcast is about. I don't know why I should stick around. And to be honest with you, if, if it wasn't my sultry voice that I was listening to, I'd be like, all right, I'm out. That's, that seems like a waste of time. <laughs> I'm surprised I had 10,000 downloads at this point. <laughs> it's true. Well, I mean, what you brought up before was that you were doing tons of stuff to grow your show. You were doing ads, you were, you know, being on other shows, you were doing social media. And so what you were experiencing was that 10,000 per month. We'll never know how many of those people were one and done where they tuned in and then, and then heard that and kind of got confused and didn't tune back in, but we don't know how much, but that's, that's what was happening your show was a bucket that had holes in the bottom. Now, I, I know very well the changes that you made, but can you talk through then, first of all, before we talk about your new intro and what it sounds like, what has happened to your show since improving your intro? How have your numbers improved? So over the course of the last 10 months or so, we've seen another 5X growth. My biggest month was 70,000 downloads averaging about 50,000 now pretty regularly. I'm not pouring any money into advertising and I'm honestly not even spending that much time or focus getting on other people's podcasts to grow my own show. So I haven't even been putting as much effort into it and I've still been seeing higher numbers and bigger downloads because I think what's happening is that people are actually sticking around and you know, maybe out of 10 people, we resonate with six or seven of them. They add us to our, like their daily feed. And so now I'm trying to secure a spot. So every Monday, they're listening to the, a 30-minute episode. So you mentioned earlier how at the beginning of each episode, you were losing 30% of people just within the first couple of minutes. And I remember it being a steady drop-off from there. What are your retention rates looking like now? We're keeping about 82% of people to the 75% mark. And then it kind of fades to that last bit of the episode. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's like the dream to get eight to nine of people who tune in to listen to three quarters of the episode is just exactly all that you could hope for. Awesome. So now let's listen to the intro that you published yesterday, which was, by the way, episode number 200. So congratulations on hitting 200. And now let's listen to this one. Have you ever wanted to start eating healthier, but weren't sure exactly what to do first? Or maybe you want to start meal prepping your food, but you don't want to spend five hours every single Sunday making the kitchen all hot, cooking a bunch of stuff that you're just going to hate eating by Friday. Well, if that's you, then you're going to want to tune into this episode. We're going to be talking about the beginner's guide to meal prep. I'm going to share with you a few secrets, the ways that you can meal prep faster and easier than ever before. 
the appliances that you're going to need, a quick grocery list that you can start adopting right away. Just a couple of criteria that I always think about when it comes time to meal prep my food. You're listening to The Low Carb Hustle, home of your million-dollar body method. We help you get leaner and live longer. My name is Nate Palmer. I've been a coach since 2008 and I helped over 1,100 people level up their health and fitness. My mission is simple, to show you how to easily drop fat so you can feel lean, strong, and energetic. So if you're ready to dive in and see some of the basics of meal prepping and how you can use this simple skill to get the results that you're looking for in your life, stick around. Let's do this. We just heard the new intro. What do you do differently now compared to what you used to do? So one of the things that you taught me was focusing in on my ideal client, focusing on my ideal avatar, and then answering a question that they're going to have. So I always start off my intro now by asking a question that people have. Like, have you ever felt like this? Have you ever done this? Have you ever gone to this and didn't get results? Because someone is going to be like, yes, I resonate with that. You know, like it's a difference between being like, hey, today we're talking about back health and being like, hey, have you ever had back pain that just wouldn't go away? Instantly, we call that like dog whistle. We like, that's instantly someone is going to be like, that's me. That's exactly what I'm dealing with. So I try to figure out, A, what are the common questions that people have? So that's really helpful when I think about my ideal avatar. You know, his name is Joe. He works next door to me. He's a good guy. <laughs> so I always figure out like, what does Joe need help with? What does Joe have questions about? And I try to structure all my episodes like that. Then I think about what is in it for them? What are they going to get out of this episode? How am I going to deliver value to them in that way? And one of the things that you said to me about guests, because this episode was a solo episode. I've been doing a lot of solo episodes this summer. It's been really fun. But when it came time to intro guests, what I was always doing was I was always reading a bio. This next guest, his name is Kevin Schmidlin, and he is the owner of Grow the Show Accelerator. He's been a podcast host for 16 years and he has great hair. You know, like I'd read it <laughs> off and people would be like, hey, we don't care. Yeah, That's not about me. That's about Kevin. So what you told me to do with a guest was talk very specifically about how that person can help them with their goals. And I took that and I applied that to everything about the intro. So, hey, this is Kevin. I'm having him on the show today because I know that he can help you elevate your show. And a couple simple tips, he's going to give you these easy ways that you can increase listenership, increase listener retention, and really develop a dominant show that's top 1% in the industry. Now, that's an episode that's tailored to someone. It's not about Kevin anymore. It's about what he can do for my audience. And I wanted to make sure that my whole intro had that same feeling. So I try to like ask some questions that are pertinent. Then we kind of go into that canned part where I introduce myself because I think one of the things that, you know, we noticed about the first one is that I'm like, what's up? It's Nate, you know, here with Juicy Cheeks. Who's Nate? Who's Juicy Cheeks? Why do we give a <laughs> Why are we even listening to these people? So I'd like to be like, you know, it's a little bit of a humble brag, but like, hey, I'm Nate. I've been in the coach for 15 years. I helped 1,100 people. Like some, I was, I played around with being like, I wrote two books. I've done a bunch of podcasts, but that didn't seem to be as pertinent, but wanted to provide some some reasonable expectations about what they're going to get from me and why I have the expertise to help them out. And so doing that, introducing the show, introducing myself, because one of the things that you had said is that we're gonna have new listeners every episode. And so if they're coming in and we're talking straight up, like just bantering inside jokes, being silly, we're gonna lose people because they don't know who we are or what we're up to. So giving them just a brief intro, who I am, why I have the authority to, to talk about what I'm talking about, and then what we're going to be speaking about in the episode, I think gives people a lot of clarity and also allows them to listen to my calls to action a little bit longer because they know what's coming. 100%. Yeah, you get them hooked. And so when you throw a call to action in there, you've already 
successfully sold them on listening to the rest of the episode. So they're totally willing to, you know, hear what you have to say first. That's awesome, man. One thing that you actually have always been good at, if I scroll back on your feed, is titling your episodes. So can you talk a little bit about what goes into a great podcast title? Yeah. And so I think like, yeah, I have some good ones in there. Like the first one we heard earlier was the four mindsets keeping you soft and weak. And like, that's okay because it has like, people like lists, people like numbered systems and things like that. But that's not a question people are searching for. Mindsets keeping me soft. No one's Googling that. So for a long time, I had a product called Bod in a Box and it was a home-based exercise equipment. So it was, a, it was like a suspension trainer, bands, sliders, and I had a bunch of workouts written to go along with it. But the problem I kept running into, Kevin, was that I had to teach people that A, you have a problem, which is fitness, you need this specific product to buy it. So I had to educate them on why they needed the product before I could then help them buy it or make that purchase. Hmm. Rather than trying to educate people on what they should be asking, let's just jump right in front of what people already are asking. Like the number one asset is a hungry crowd, right? If you have a hot dog hmm. stand and you go post up at a place, like at a concert where there's no other food, doesn't matter if your hot, hot dogs are dog people are going to buy them and eat them up because they are already looking for food. So what I did was I went back and I did a lot of research on this, but I say I did, I did like three pieces of research, then I had a VA do the rest. Nice. But I went to six different competitors, YouTube channels, and I filtered them by views. What are the YouTube videos on people who have my ideal clients already and what are getting the most views? So you're looking at the ones that have like, you know, millions and millions of views. I'm looking at a bunch of popular YouTube channels. And then I just copied all of their titles and I put them into a spreadsheet. So now I have basically tons of titles that already work. And then two, that like now you can look at these titles and you can extrapolate the format of each one of those things. Three ways to get leaner without X. 14 different tactics to make to lose your whatever. You know, and so you can take these titles and basically start either just like straight up using them and then putting your own spin on the answers or you can take the frameworks and start creating your own new ones that are going to work. So by rather than by trying to teach people like, hey, here's what you need to be thinking about. Tone is a bad word in fitness. Get in front of them. How do you tone your biceps? And then in the episode, I can be like, tone is not really a real thing. You know, your muscles are either growing or shrinking, and I can educate them further from there. But the title should not should always be what someone is already going to search. And I think that's one of the reasons for the growth is that I have easily searchable titles. A lot of things yeah. that people are already Googling. And you can use different like keyword tools or Google keyword research and stuff like that to find out more. Yeah. Well, what I'd say is that like, I think also, like it's not really it's what people are searching, but it's like what people want to know. Like the reason why, like I would go a level higher and say, it's not that they're searching it. It's that those are the questions that people have. And because are you publishing on YouTube? Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, it'll crush on YouTube. But for the audio feed, like people aren't really opening up their audio podcast app and thinking, how can I tell my biceps or asking that? But your listeners are, are thinking that. They are asking that in their head all the time. They're walking around, how do I tell my biceps? And so you're able to not only get the SEO benefits on YouTube, but because what people are searching is what everybody's asking, you get to just jump right to reading your listeners' minds and they see the episode and be like, holy crap, that's exactly what I wanted to know. So it really works on two levels. It's search engine optimization, but it's also human question asking optimization. <laughs> totally. I've found personally in, in a lot of cases that my clients are all mostly entrepreneurs and business owners. They're like men with, 
younger kids to middle, like adolescent kids, they seem to be podcast listeners in a way that solves problems for them. Hmm. So most of the, like the guys I talk to don't have a religious podcast habit for maybe except for like one or two people, but they'll search things that are interesting to them or that pop up. So I've always been trying to figure out how do I stay relevant in the search, even in podcast player apps. So what you're saying is the opposite of what I just said, which is awesome, which is basically no, actually people are searching for answers in the podcast apps. Is that what you found? It seems like this demographic of men searches, like listens for answers, not necessarily just straight through. Yeah. Interesting. That's fascinating, man. That's so worth exploring. I wonder if there's more demographics like that because... Yeah, you had me do a ton of research early on too. You had me go back and, and like list out all my top 10 or 15 best clients. And I did 30 minute interviews with each one of them. And I asked them all these questions about what their interests were, what words they like to use, which was super helpful as well. So now like you heard me say like, hey, where I help you get leaner and live longer. Those are the two top two things that people said, I want more of this. I wasn't saying that ahead of time. I was saying, put a little muscle behind that low carb hustle. So when I figured out what, are, here are the words that these guys are talking about, put those in the, like each episode. And so now it's much easier to get that, like the that retention or at least people being like, yeah, this is for me. You learn the lyrics as Pat Flynn says, right? Like you were trying to convey something to your listenership. They use different words in their head to convey the same thing. And so you were able to identify what those words are and actually say it to them. And then there, I'm sure like, dude, how didn't you know? Where it's like, you told me, right? <laughs> Incredible. I remember distinctly that you had some success with getting featured on other podcasts and, you know, having at least some of your growth come from that. So can you talk about like what has worked there for you? You know, if you have any hacks or tips for anybody who's trying to get featured on other podcasts. Okay. So two, two top tips on that one, because I do think there was some, there was a lot of growth that came from that, especially being featured on not like crazy big podcasts, but like these medium sized niche podcasts that really have and cater to my ideal listener. So number one was TPP. So working with Grow the Show Accelerator, I would be like, hey, here are my five best guests. And then you guys would tell me, hey, here's the other places that they've appeared. You'd give me their, the name of the show, the description of the show, links to the show, email addresses. It just made this process super easy for me. Then we came up, we crafted together a script on how to outreach to these people without being spammy, but still being direct enough to be like, hey, here's what I'm looking for and here's how it's a benefit to you. Always what's in it for me, what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. Podcast pitches, intros, sales copy. It's all about the listener or the reader, right? So we came up with this script. And so then I would just reach out to people. Like I would probably do like five to 10 a week. It wasn't anything crazy, but I was getting probably like a podcast a week off of this strategy. And what was cool about that, like, yeah, it's amazing to be on podcasts and things like that, but the relationships that I built with some of these people mm. have transcended that, like that process. Now we've been talking for the last year. I've hooked them up with other of my guests. I've been able to like interact with them. I've been on some of their, their guests podcast and just creating these relationships that are so cool. And that's one of my favorite things about podcasting is just yeah, like, it's just a cool community of like-minded individuals. And so I think that a lot of times people, especially people who are like new to podcasting, get scared to approach someone. Oh, it's a bigger show. But everyone's cool. Everyone's nice. Everyone wants to see everyone else succeed in the industry. Uh, that's my experience, at least. Yeah, no, 100%. That was my first one. And then the second one is kind of the, like, I kind of went into it just for a second, which was like, so if I'm getting on someone's podcast, going and looking at their list of guests, who's else has been featured on their podcast? Who do I want to know? Because at the end of every podcast episode, I'm going to finish it like this with you as well. 
We're going to finish. You're going to be like, that was fun. Great job. Awesome. High five. You know, and then I'm going to be like, Kevin, thank you so much for having me on the show. What can I do to help you out? And I always ask that at the end of every single podcast episode, because you don't know what people need help with. Sometimes people want right. help with their fitness, which is great. I can, ha- I can handle that. Sometimes they're like, I want a connection with more people. Sometimes they're like, I want to get on more podcasts that are like this, this, and this. And I can very easily go back and look at, I go, I got three people that I can think of right now that you'd be a great fit for. Yeah. And then everyone, normal reciprocity dictates that if I ask that, they're going to ask me that back. Hey, well, how can I help you? Don't you know this person? Could I get an intro to Vince? Like that's, he's been a hero of mine for a long time. I would love to chat a little bit more with him. He's badass. Like any way you could hook us up. And 100% of the time, people are saying yes to that. Normal reciprocity. So then I get off the podcast and I go do the thing that I told them I would do. Make that intro, send that email, do whatever, do that instantly. And then the ball's in their court, A, you don't have to think about it again, B. And then also they're like, man, that dude does what he says he's going to do. Yep. Like that dude is showing up for me. And so they are going to be way more likely to send that email and make that intro for you. Awesome. And that's been like, just, I think that's just a life, a life skill too, you know? It's so true. And like in times like this, I don't know, I often take it for granted or I just, I guess forget, but like thinking back to the biggest jumps that I've had in my career and in my life, the vast, vast majority of them came from podcast interactions either an intro from a guest or just like that actual relationship with the guest itself. I think it's something that we overlook a lot, but it's like the biggest opportunity is right at the end of the call where it's like, hey, we should still be friends and do other, you know, like help each other in other ways, right? Because there's a lot of potential for collaboration across across the spaces. Like everyone's trying to like get new and interesting guests featured on other podcasts. So it's so easy. It's such a low barrier of injury to help someone out in a massive way. And then you become that guy. If you're the connector, if you're the guy who's always sent people up making intros, like that's a really cool role to have. And you get to yep. invite into a lot of interesting rooms. I want to go back to the discussing intros for a minute, because I'd love to know how your process changed, right? So your original intro that we listened to, it was a clip, it was the canned intro, and that was the beginning of the conversation. And so I imagine back then you had to like find the clip and put that at the beginning. But what does your process look like now? And how much time do you spend on your intro? Well, at first I was spending more time doing it because I would actually write out each intro. I don't know if you heard on that, that second one, but I was kind of like, I was stumbling over some words. I was going a little slower. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect. But I, I only did that in one take and I didn't write a word of it. Really? It just came from knowing what the episode was going to be about. So, and it just took practice, right? I'm at episode 200. I've been doing that for the last 75 episodes. So it took me a minute, but basically now I have a, like a script where I look at it and go, Hey, hook them in with a good question. What will the listener relate to in the intro? How will you spark curiosity? What is the question we're posing in this episode? How will the answer to this question get us closer to transformation? And if I need to intro a guest, why is the guest here? What qualifies them help? Then I go into what is the podcast and what's the mission? You're listening to Low Carb Hustle, Home Your Million Dollar Body Method. Then who am I and why am I leading the journey? My name is Nate Palmer. I've been a coach since 2008, helped over 1,100 people. Uh, my mission, it's simple. I want to show you how to easily drop fat so you can feel lean, strong, energetic. And then kind of like that light call to action. So if you're ready to, once again, dive into meal prep, learn how to lose fat, learn how to the three things you should be drinking while you're fasting, stick around. Let's do this. Boom. Frameworks, baby. Yeah. Templates, right? You don't have to even think about it. So you're able to just nowadays, because you've done it so many times, like it makes sense that the first couple of times you did it, it took longer. That's just how the human brain works. But it sounds like now you're able to just pull up the template and look at it and see here are the points that I had to hit and you just rip it and it's in one take. Do you do it later? Do you do it right after the record? 
like where within, like is your intro separate from your recording? Um, most of the time it's separate and I try to do it right afterwards, but a lot of times I don't. And then I have to go back and like kind of listen to the episode again, make sure I have like pull up salient points, which takes a little bit longer, but that's just because I was lazy up front. So yeah. <laughs> oh man, I've been there so many times where it's like, I don't need to do it now. And then later you're like, why didn't I do it before? What did I say? I was blacked out for the whole episode. Isn't it funny how you don't remember any of that? So the message is, Record the intro as soon as possible while it's all loaded into your brain, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you have like, sometimes I'll do it rarely before, but only if I have a really good episode outline and I know exactly what I'm going to be talking about. Yeah. And that's usually only for solo episodes too. Because a lot of times guests, you just yep. take random wild tangents. And With relation to intros, are there any like pitfalls that you see that you fall into maybe with intros sometimes or just any things to, that podcasters can watch out for when crafting their intro? I think that making it about yourself or the show or how great you are is, is a, such an easy thing to fall into because there's that fine line between being like demonstrating expertise and being self-aggrandizing. So I think that as long as you keep in mind that the radio station people are always tuned into is WeFM, what's in it for me, hmm. then you are going to be on the right track because you're going to be focused on the consumer. You're going to be focused on your listener rather than focused on yourself. And I think that's a, another good just like thing to keep in mind for life. People don't care what you know, they care about themselves and what's in it for them. That's a big deal. But also I think that having the right question up front is make or break. Because if you're like, hey, do you like to exercise? If so, you're going to love this episode. People are like, eh. Mm -hmm. you know. But if you can hit them with like a specific question, kind of what we were talking about, what is a natural pain point that you have? Do you always get that spot in your middle of your upper back that just bugs you and know you wake up and it's sore? Like that's a, people who have that issue are going to be like, dialed in now you know so the better you know your listener the better you know who you're talking to the easier it becomes to craft a really good question that hits them where they're like Whoop. you know whatever yeah. they're doing they're like they're going to tune all that out and start listening to you because a lot of times we're doing podcasting while we're cooking dinner or doing something else riding riding the bus we're looking at yep. instagram you know so giving them some reason to actually fully tune in and give them give you your their attention is so important if you could tell yourself this time last year, July, 2022, one thing, what would it be? I mean, I'm kind of vacillating between hire a coach, get better topics, or make the intro all about the, all about the listener. Let's talk about the topics piece. So your message would be to yourself to get better topics. Why? Because at the end of the day, like you can dress up a podcast but people are going to see through it eventually. You might get people to stick around a little bit, but they're not going to come back and be like repeat, repeat listeners unless you are consistently providing infotainment, right? You're providing actionable tactical tips and you're providing a bit of entertainment like along with it. So making sure that your topics are not just generic and boring. A lot of times early on, so this is my second podcast. My first podcast is called Million Dollar Body. And sometimes I would go back and listen to someone's podcast that they did with the guest that I was about to have on. And just ask them those same questions, completely mm. unoriginal. So and I, and I always thought, oh, this is going to be good because I already know what they're going to say and I felt more prepared and stuff, but it didn't bring any extra additional value or like my own brand of entertainment and like question asking. So I want to make sure that when I'm showing up, I, I've got the, the right topic for my audience. And then I'm also not just delivering it in a bland way that's already been done a million times before. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, this freaking rocks, man. <laughs>
Congratulations on the huge milestones. Just the beginning, man. A million total, you know, average 50K a month. That is wild. You're getting into rooms now that are just, I just can't wait to, to watch and see this thing continue to go to the moon. So congratulations, Nate. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. The last thing I will say is that like when I first started doing these things, like it had the tendency to be maybe a little disheartening because my numbers dropped before they went back up. So I went from 12,000 down to like nine, eight, 10 again. And then after the, the three months of people filtering out who are not my ideal listener, I started gaining a lot more people. So be bold. Don't be afraid to like, be like, this podcast is not for everyone. And then really talk to the people that it is for. And even though you might see a, like a momentary decrease, I guarantee it's going to lead to bigger and better things because you have an engaged audience of attentive listeners who all like what you're selling. How did you get through that three-month period of, oh no, my audience is shrinking without panicking and just going back to what you were doing before? I'm not a smart person. So most of the time when I... Like I'll, I'll ask somebody else. So in this case, I was like, hey, my numbers are, are going down. And you're like, it's fine. Stay the course. I was like, I can, I can stay the course. No problem. I can be consistent. So I always feel like coming from nutrition and fitness, I know you don't get ripped off of one salad or two workouts. You know, I know I'm not going to make a gigantic splash in the podcasting space on my third episode. So I was willing to give it three or four months to, to see how it was going to go. You know, I wanted to like, I want to make sure I was dedicated and consistent enough to actually have metrics to look back on and determine if it was successful or not. So I always think, give it time, give it some space, listen to people who have done it before, and you're going to be successful no matter what. Awesome. Nate, this rocks, man. Thank you so much. People want to get in touch. What can they do? You can uh, find me on Instagram, underscore million dollar body. That's the best place to do it. Or if you want to check out the podcast, look up low carb hustle in any of your podcast player apps. This episode of Grow the Show was produced by me and Jeremy Grader. Post-production and social media content was provided by Podcast Boutique, who is my top recommendation for editing, post-production, and social media services. If you want to make your show sound more professional and have awesome short-form videos and more from your podcast content, you can learn more about Podcast Boutique by going to podcastboutique.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. For Grow the Show, my name is Kevin Schmidlin. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.